Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fuck, nicks? What's happening? It's Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. I'm broadcasting from a hotel room in New Haven, Connecticut. A pleasant hotel this is. It is called The Blake, and the rooms are nice. There's a whole kitchen here. Uh, poor Dino, man. Dino saw this room, and he's like, that's all I need, man. I just I could live in that room. It's perfect. And uh, so I don't know. He might. I might leave him here, and he might live here. I'm not. I'm not clear on that. But I'll see you in a few minutes when we're supposed to leave. <laughs> I, hey, it could happen. Weirder things have happened. We have one more gig here uh, by tomorrow. Uh, when you hear this, I will be flying home, and we will have done it. But uh, I will say this: this has been a, a great and emotional, somehow emotional little journey. Uh, that uh, I've uh, I've embarked on here with uh, my buddy Dean Del Rey, Juliet Lewis is on the show today. Um, she's uh, she's in this uh, Facebook Watch mystery series, Sacred Lies, The Singing Bones. It's in it's on the it's in its second season, and it's now streaming. She's also going to be on this uh, Bon Scott tribute that uh, Dean's doing. We've done a couple of these where a bunch of us get together and jam and play the uh, the music and that's march 10th at the avalon in hollywood so that's that's going to happen I, you can go to i guess deandelray.com to get tickets but she's going to be involved with that she's a uh, she sings the rock music but anyways at the end of last year we marked 10 years of doing wtf and we thought it would be cool to have some merch that celebrates 10 years of being here so we got together with the artist johnny jones who did the amazing album cover for our record store day release johnny went to work on this and came up with the decades of domination collection you can see the designs on our twitter and facebook and instagram pages or at podswag.com slash merch you really got to see these designs to appreciate them but the uh the best i can describe them is that they include uh laser cats uh, giant tentacles, UFOs, and global annihilation. How's that? And you can get the Decade of Domination designs on a signed limited edition poster, a uh, glow-in-the-dark T-shirt, and something we've never offered before, a writing set, which includes an embossed notebook, a WTF pen, and a gift box. We've got some enamel pins coming in the near future as well. So uh, come and celebrate a decade of domination with us. We've all earned it, God knows. Go to podswag.com slash WTF or just go to WTFpod.com and click on the merch link. Okay? So as I was rambling there 
about this journey. It, there was something about the end of this tour, the end of this material, and coming back to this part of the country that just, I don't know, I, I, was, I was really looking forward to being in New England in the winter. I, I know that sounds crazy. I didn't know whether or not it would be snowing or there'd be snow everywhere or it would be a problem. You know, I rented a small SUV just in case. But these are the... This, this is the region I started in, and these are the gigs that I used to do when I was coming up. Uh, not even coming up, at the very beginning, driving around these highways, around these states, specifically Maine, uh, Connecticut, Rhode Island, uh, not Huntington, New York. I never went out on the island that much. So, you know, kind of flying into Maine and landing in Portland and just feeling that brisk cold and just, you know, having a season, having, you know, bringing my warm clothes, layering up. And, and getting ready to do these shows and just looking forward to eating seafood and, and driving along you know I-95 and just looking at that scenery in the winter, those bare trees, the sort of grayness of it all, the, the sort of uh, it, just the hours I spent driving into mysterious places, not knowing what the gig would be like, where it would be, how it would be, would be set up, who would come at any sort of random pub or bar and grill or disco or bowling alley where the subcontractor had set up the comedy night and just that weird anticipation, smoking Marlboro cigarettes, you know, over one after the other, just driving up, looking at my notes in one of my dad's old cars, one of the Honda Accord LXs that I uh, inherited from him. Driving up, and sometimes the heater not working. Sometimes driving all the way up from New York to Maine. I mean, I did a I did a show in Machias, Maine, which I think is the furthest point east uh, in in this country to open for an X-rated hypnotist when I was starting out. Frank Santos and I just kind of noticed as we creeped up the coast how the gene pool got tighter and things got weirder. And I tell you, man, there's something about I guess full circle about closure, nostalgia. I don't know what, but we're you know I'm just kind of let go of a lot of my anxiety and and engaged in this process, you know, to do these shows. And it's been pretty fucking great. Uh, it's really been pretty great. But the other element of, um, you know, of what's happening for me is that I'm letting go of this material. I'm letting go of about an hour and 15 minutes of material because it will be on Netflix on March 10th. And, and that's the end of it. And it is a, a sort of, um, it's got a dark through line. I don't think it's cynical. I think it's uh, exciting. It deals with a lot of what we're going through now with a, a certain amount of uh, hopelessness and a feeling of powerlessness and pushing back against that. And now, uh, and how we do it as people, but maybe I'm reading too much into it. It's very exciting that, you know, out of Nevada, the the sort of, now, the national dialogue around politics is going to be actually progressive. And, uh, and you know, class issues are going to really come to the fore. It's a, you know, I don't know how everything's going to fall out or how everything's going to play out. But uh, it's a very exciting time. I don't know if, uh, if I'm hopeful per se, but I'm excited. Uh, but here's, a, here's an email from somebody that moved me because I, I do get down on myself about sometimes about the type of material I'm doing or, or what I'm putting people through or, or how they respond to it. Cause I don't really know. I don't know. I, I, I move this stuff through my heart and through my mind and, and through my hands and through the pen. And I, and I don't know it's what I have to do. So I don't really know how it lands all the time. And after doing it more and more and, and sort of adding to this conversation that I've created over the last couple of years, I get excited about it, but it gets heavy, man. So I got this uh, email from uh, someone named Orla, subject line, Providence Columbus Theater Feedback, Totally Amazeballs, Go Jews. 
My man, wow, longtime fan. What an incredible show last night. Part sarcasm, part death, part life, part after death, part Armageddon, part abstract introspection, part intellectual, part imaginative. I want you to know your closing joke is as funny as you think it is. I feel like you were suspended in disbelief as each part unfolded. It was brilliant, and the clarity of its deeper meaning was so refreshing to hear. What a relief there are people out there who see this for what it is, authoritarianism on the rise. We are at the fucking end of times, and end game scenarios are worth contemplating. Dig it. I say dig it. It was so incredible to hear a rational person speaking with such charisma and well-thought-out rhetoric. And you're nice. It really made me think of ancient citizens just discussing worthwhile topics in public spaces like Socrates and Plato. That's my answer to your question at the start of the show when you were like stretching your sciatica and then you just kind of exposed your flesh and bone with the statement, what do I know really? Well, I'll tell you what you know, man. You know what the fuck is up. You have a unique perspective founded in reason and facts and your message resonates. Your work and the things you say are an echo in this era for reason and goodness. You have the power to deliver messages to a theater filled with people and millions more each day. More than that, you are the mark of an era. Not so much a leader as more of a spokesperson for people everywhere that are just like, what the fuck? And it's just so nice to hear logical things being said out loud and the occasional joke doesn't hurt. And you examine life out loud as it unfolds and people need to do that more. So thanks. All the very best, Orla. P.S. Socrates was actually a Jew. Is that true? Oh, I just I don't want to forget this because this was a pretty important we're driving. We're driving down to Providence and we're doing a live uh, Instagram thing. And someone or someone on my Twitter says you got to go to Empire Guitars. And you, I don't go to a lot of guitar shops. I, I get overwhelmed. I get tired. I get bored. But we decided we went online on the phone to look at what they had. And it was a real deal place. They had real vintage shit. And uh, I don't know, man. I just saw this. Les Paul Jr. They had they had several Les Paul Juniors from the fifties and sixties. One double cutaway Les Paul Jr. with the single P ninety. I don't know much about guitars, but I know I like that sound. And uh, I don't know, man. The rest was sort of like I put it up on my Instagram. Dean shot it. You can see the moment where I'm just like, I love this thing. I, I and decide I fall in love with a guitar right there on camera. And I bought it, and they're shipping it out to me. It's my first vintage electric guitar purchase. It was completely reasonable. It was not, like, gross in any way and uh, in terms of cost. And I, I can't wait. It was so exciting. So that happened on this trip as well. I fell in love with a guitar and uh, married it. And I'm hoping, you know, that I, it's weird that we both had to be apart for a few days, but I hope when we finally come back together, we've made the right decision and the honeymoon is lovely. You will hear it. I will play it for you. So that was exciting. That was an exciting part of this trip. And now we were here in New Haven last night. Great, great show at the College Street Theater. Great food yesterday. I, I'm going to die, but I'll, I'll die happy, I guess. Uh, I got to get it together here. I got to drive down to Huntington, New York, which should be exciting. One more show, and then I will grieve the loss of this chunk of material, and it will exist as it did the night that I recorded the special in October in Los Angeles forever. Uh, new bits are evolving. There's about a half hour to 40 minutes of new material that's happening, and so I'm on my way. I guess I'm not going to quit doing comedy just yet. So I guess 
as I, as we head into the interview here, I, I just want to thank the people of uh, Cleveland, Grand Rapids, Milwaukee, Tampa, Orlando, uh, Portland, Maine, Providence, New Haven, and most likely, I'll let you know on on Thursday, Huntington, New York, for coming out to this uh, winter leg of this show, of this tour, the last legs of it. Uh, it's it's really been a tremendous uh, good time. I've had a good time, and um, and I'm I'm happy to report that Sam Sylvia, for this season of Glow, will be uh, the paunchy guy he was the first two seasons, as opposed to the emaciated man he was the third season. All right, so Juliet Lewis and I talk back at the new studio at the house, and she, as I said before, is uh, in the Facebook Watch Mystery Series, Sacred Lies, The Singing Bones. Season two is now streaming. She'll also be singing on March 10th uh, at the Bon Scott Tribute with hopefully me, if I'm not shooting, and, and an all-star band for uh, Dean Delray's uh, Bon Scott Tribute. You can go to deandelray.com for tickets to that. But this is me talking to the amazing uh, Juliet Lewis, who I love, who everyone loves curious person, unique person, a one of a kind. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called the Foxed page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox page has a three-part series on Dubliners and that's a pretty great starting point want to get the most out of what you read the foxed page is for you get it now wherever you get your podcasts you come from a big family so I always describe, you would need a diagram. Oh, to, really? Like that? Well, it's simply put, both my parents were married several times. Oh, right. So my mom married three. My dad married four. When four. you say this out loud, it sounds insane, but yeah. it's, it's what I know. Um, but I grew up with an older brother, and I grew up with a younger sister, and then I yeah. have half-brothers and sisters. So the the more immediate ones you have, like, a, a more, a deeper relationship with, basically, or you're pretty close to all um, of It's now? funny, because in, in my older years, I'm extremely close with- The half-ones? Half-different half-ones, and yeah, you know, with- That must be kind of exciting. It's almost like having a, finding, like, you have this genetic sibling that you didn't know about. But not exactly like that, but to have this, maybe people who are really directly related to you, but you just never got that close. And all You of a never sudden, got that. And then you learn about each other and you're like, wow, I really like you. Like one of my <laughs> brothers, Bo, who lives in New Orleans, he he's... I, he's just one of my heroes. He was the one, he, yeah. I, I don't think he would mind me saying this, but he was the one, you know, 15 plus years ago, we always thought we'd get the call that oh, really? wasn't yeah. going to be here. Right. And um, he turned his life around, I think 16 years ago now. He's oh, really? sober. He helps people. Um, and yeah, he's got so a- he's sober, sober. He's doing oh, the, super doing sober. the thing. 
doing the thing, walking the walk, just helping. And I, he's my hero because there's no type of person or personality he yeah. can't sort of jive with yeah. or right. commune with. Because he's open. Yes. And he's been through it. He's been through it. And actually, he, of course, is more um, helpful, you know, the underdog or... Oh, yeah. I might lose my words today because every time I, when I have to do an interview, because there's like a little stress to form <laughs> sentences correctly. No, there's not. And then my mind will play a trick and go, I'm going to remove <laughs> words. this adjective that you always use. <laughs> yeah. All right. But wait, you're sober too, right? I can't, I knew we'd, I can't class, no, I'm no, not, not, I'm anymore. not AA sober. Right. No, I, but I'm, as far as not, I don't do drugs. Right. Like in this way, or when I was a kid. I quit all street drugs when I was 22. Mm. So, and I didn't. Street drugs. Uh, <laughs> well. I wonder what makes that list. Weed. You still smoke even weed? weed? No, 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 I don't. Oh, even though it's legal now, I can't. I can't. And yeah. I was a crazy weed head when I was a teenager. I wouldn't be. I can't do it. Yeah. So you just like drink occasionally, is what? You're yes. Saying. Right. But you don't. You don't find yourself in trouble with it. I find no, no, not not alcohol. That was the yeah. one thing I never. But you, I. But no, I get it. My trouble spots are my own mind being oh. uh, too um what's the word uh, uh doom and gloom and oh me too the dr- I, dread with, and with uh, as you're getting older you know i have the days where we're all gonna die oh, yeah. so yeah what's Why the not? point you know what's and you're point? like well i'm gonna eat this <laughs> or whatever the fuck you're rationalizing <laughs> yeah. well even i'm saying even to to invest yeah. in one's Oh, self, right, uh, you know, right. getting out of bed, that oh, stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's before you're, right. so I have to be really mindful of- Vigilant yeah. against anxiety and depression? Yes. Hmm. Like I, like I knew people who were, um, I dated a woman who was borderline personality, and that's one of these ones where it's completely caused- it's a caused thing. Uh, okay. You know, it's like depression can be biological. Alcoholism can go for yes. generations. But, you know, borderline is like that someone bailed and right. left that person hanging. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. It is wild. Um, I, What I want to say, because it's, yeah. uh, wow, we just dove off the fucking deep end. We don't right have off. to. We don't oh, have. my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And we didn't even say, how's your day today? How was your day? Oh, it was rough. It I was? just Well, no, because, you know, some days you don't want to Do talk anything? about yourself. <laughs> I, <laughs> today was one of those days? Yes. <laughs> is, I, it, is there or a day? Or you don't want to be, I don't want to be me. Can we take a vacation right. from it or for do, a second? Or you don't want to do anything? Yeah, it's, I'm. See, I my problem yeah. is either I work, 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 and I have to be invested yeah. and focused. That's why characters and being right. invested in that way and focus because I really can chew on something. Mm-hmm. You know, a dramatic story. Lose yourself a bit. Yes. Yeah. When I'm not um, doing that, that's the navigation. The, yeah. The life, but no, I. It's today is fine. I always get uh, very anxious about doing anything. You know, whether it's talking to people that come over. Or having to show up for shit. Yeah. Like I get, and I used to think it, a lot of my negativity and the dread is just, um, it's just anxiety. Yeah. It's just fucking anxiety. Yeah. And that's the way my brain deals with it. Like there's no way to get out from under it. So I just sort of, I just resign it to like, oh, it's going to be tough. 
It's going to be bad. It's going to be, you know, whatever. And isn't it the thing, because I've had a week, I have to do promotion yeah. stuff, where um, there's a thing of what do you force yourself, or even, yeah, but seeing a friend, what do you force yourself to do? Because right. you know, in the end, there is connectivity. Yeah. It does get you out of yourself. And what do you go, no, nah, I'm not, today's not the day. Right. You know, work stuff, I don't have that luxury. I, I want to I force be a myself. team player. Yeah, we force ourselves. But the promotion thing, you know how it goes, because right? I've dealt with that too. And, and this is, it's hard to do it in this particular format. But you figure out a few things you say. Yeah. And you go do the thing. And they all seem happy. Ugh. No one's like, I don't know. Oh, no, they're lovely. Yeah. Oh, wait, can I just yeah. say, because yeah. we got off into the hemming and hawing, I've been wanting to meet you for a very long time. I feel that. I felt that that was true. We, yes. It was a while ago, right? We were supposed to meet yeah. several times. I wanted to do your show. Yeah. Just didn't work out right. scheduling-wise. Right. Um. But, oh, here's the big takeaway right. in our modern day world and being older and experienced mm-hmm. is you realize even when you're doing all that showbiz yeah. shit and you got to sit down, you know, people don't know at home uh, uh, the, the or in their cars or the junket you business that where you're talking to someone every five minutes, a right. new face, new face. Yeah. Hi, we're so and so from Texas, blah, blah, blah. And they <laughs> talk to you when you realize everybody's doing a job that day. Like, you don't know what their kid is sick or their dad's in the hospital. Yeah, You know, you're not the only one. So once you realize you guys are kind of on the same side as human beings, that's that's a big shift from when you're a total egocentric child. Self and self-centered. Yes. That's like like, uh, you just provided people with an empathy tool. Okay. Right? Because that's because that's what happens. Like a lot of times, especially when you're a public personality and you get like ten emails about ten different things of people wanting something right. from you. You because you've gotten ten, none of those people know you've gotten ten. Yes. But you you just lump them all together into this one sort of like, don't they know I want to have a life? Yes. That I don't have all the time to and it's it's you can't separate it sometimes because it's all coming at you at once. Yes. But that's a good point. Even with fans, you know what I mean? They come up to you and you're like, yeah, I try to be always be gracious because mm-hmm. who the fuck knows? And my fans are very specific. If they're in I trouble, was wondering about if they're that. in trouble, they'll they'll tell me. Oh, you so know? you get people who are sharing. Oh, yeah. Well, because you share. Right. So much. And then I get emails sort of like, you got me through. I'm lucky to be well, here. It's nice. Yes. Why? What kind of fans it's do you deep. have? I feel the same way. Like there are people. One time, you know, it's so I got to explain yeah. a couple things. Okay. There was. When I was 19, I lost my anonymity. And I now, I love these terms, and I don't want to offend people or war veterans who use this term PTSD. Um, But uh, there was a a shift energetically when you're an introvert. So I was an introvert when I was younger. People don't associate me with this color of being uh, sort of quiet. Um, So I lost my anonymity. And what so do you mean anonymity? Anonymity, meaning I was now, if I went into a coffee shop, oh, I see the energy- oh, so you oh, became there, a public- It became per- yeah. this. You look at that girl, do you see her? She's from the, She's well, from Cape Fear? Yeah. Right. It was Cape Fear is yeah. what, what really um, did it. So it, I, I had anxiety. I feared public places. How it manifested itself, I actually fear- um, that violent violence because it's energy right. I can't control. So I get these violent images. Someone, I mean, now Someone's our, our time fucking right. validates it. Yeah. Back then, right. So, so I would get anxiety in, in public places. Right. Anyway, you thought someone was going to hurt you. 
Not me in particular. Oh, Wait, just in general? I, just in general. I, I was the scared. Shit was going to go down. Yeah, I was just scared yeah. of the, right. the energy I couldn't control. Yeah. So That's what right. I was trying to get at is you said fans. One yeah. day after I grew up a little bit, oh, I had this great therapeutic exercise that actually helped me, <laughs> uh, helped rid some of my uh, panic attacks was a Rolling Stones concert. Oh, that's great. It was an amazing exercise. What, 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 the, what do you mean? How does this happen? Okay, so I went with my friend, coincidentally, yeah. Mike, Mike Rappaport. We go back <laughs> early 90s. He's a talker. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. So he's just a, he was just an actor back when. He's doing stand-up again, you know. Oh, yeah, I, I saw his show. He's where he just goes up and he basically does exact. He could be exactly. standing on a street corner talking to one guy or being on stage doing the exact same thing. It was crazy. Yeah. I watched him and I, you know, you don't know and you're coming out to support your friends, but he killed it. He yeah. did great. Well, he's a character. He's a character, yeah. but he did great. He did have- Where at the comedy store? Um, where was it? In Burbank. Was it oh, Flappers? Flappers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he did great. He had set up bits mm-hmm. that, and they worked. Well, he started as a and comic. they funny. Kinda. I did not know this. A I little bit. This. And not, you, I know him as a dramatic actor. Well, no, before he did Zebrahead or whatever the hell that first movie was. Yeah, that was a movie. Yeah. He was like his sister, his half sister, Claudia, had, her father is the part owner of the improv. So he sort of started as doing stand up to get sort of seen. But he, he did have. I have no idea. He, he, I'm, you're, you're just hearing Isn't this for the crazy? first time? I'm just hearing this, but isn't it crazy that now in midlife, sometimes your old seeds, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you come into fruition, yeah. these seeds that were right. planted earlier. That's such a trip. Yeah, now you can bring it up. And now right. he's doing he, he, it. Yeah, well, he did it, like I said before, but then he, I think he just did it to get into the acting. Yeah. And then he got into the act. What movie did you do with him? Well, we knew each other from an ex-boyfriend, <laughs> an ex-boyfriend of mine, yeah. who he worked with. Oh. And then me and Mike, so we knew each other then, and oh. and then we did this little tiny independent that my friend wrote that no one really saw called Some Girl. Uh-huh. Okay, so mm-hmm. you go to the Rolling Stones concert. We go to the Rolling Stones concert, and then, this, I love how the mind works, because I'm going to benchmark it, we're going to come, you originally asked me, do you yeah, like yeah. your fans? Right. I'm going to- We're getting okay. there. But so- This is the tool. This is the, <laughs> this is the Rolling Stones tool for- being outside safely in your mind. It was a therapeutic exercise. Right. Mike asked me to go, yeah. and he didn't know all the struggles in my head. I'm picturing, it's Dodger Stadium. Oh, big one. When was this? Uh, 98. Okay. It might have been Babylon Yeah, tour? it sounds right. The Wheels of Babylon? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I saw your whole thing. Wait, was it the Wheels something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's that great. I <laughs> differ on a couple of things with yeah. you, but... Okay, so... Meaning I'll just accept artists. As long as they're not drunk oh, and a oh, mess, oh. I will accept them at a hundred. I will sure. accept them at you know Yeah. Well I think I, 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 I think I kinda do. I think that my discomfort around that kind of stuff is yes. a projection. Because Absolutely. Because I, I know I'm getting older. Yeah. And there's part of me that's sort of like, why the fuck do they keep doing it? Because I don't want to do it anymore. Yes. <laughs> like you're like then when do I get to stop? I don't really want to stop, but there's part of me that's sort of like, it's so much pressure. How much Instagram do I have to do? Yes. Do I have to tweet? You're Why like, is this someone person- point me the way. Oh, no, he doesn't do it. Well, yeah, exactly. Then you want to be they, pointed right. the way. But then you know, but you know people and you see how much they post, and you're like, oh, this is fucking horrible. I knew this. That was my in- intro to social media was being in a little uh, independent band. You know, right. Oh, no yeah. label or anything. I literally 
handed out Juliet flyers. and the Licks. Juliet and the Licks. So was, but that was like probably, that uh, but that was MySpace probably. That was MySpace. Right. 100% and then uh, Twitter just started. Right. Oh my God. I couldn't get over it. I was like, what? People just say we sentences into space <laughs> for no reason to no one? And now it's driving Why? the entire planet. Ugh, it is I the, hate it. the wild id of everything. I, All right. Okay, go on. So you uh, go to the wrong stones. Rolling stones. Yeah. I literally so one of my favorite movies that helps helped me through my darkest times, mm. I, which was when I was twenty two. I mm-hmm. quit quit drugs. I had a couple things. It was a Bob Dylan uh, song and which um, one? She belongs to me. Oh yeah. The lyrics in that. Song. Oh yeah. She's got everything she needs. She's an artist. artist. She, she don't look back. Best. She's the a hypnotist set. collector. I am a walking antique. Is that what it is? Yeah, you it's remember crazy. the far out ones because <laughs> I bear I fuck up the second line, so I'm not gonna say it. I just try, I'm always sort of like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yours is I can understand. The first two, they're like that makes all the sense in the world, and then he goes off into metaphor. Yeah. It's cool as shit. Um, okay, so what's happening? Stones. Oh, what about Bob? So what about Bob? Uh, um, Bill Murray. The thing Richard Dreyfus, Bill Murray. Yeah, he's yeah. a hypochondriac. Yeah. So I get out of the car. I love, you're playing pinball with my mind right now. At the now. Stones concert. This is how it happens. So I get out of the car. Where what about Bob ties in is I go, baby steps out of the car. Yeah. Baby steps through the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. No right. one's, there's no shootout right. in the parking lot. And Mike was so cool. I don't know if he remembers it the way I do, but he sort of, I explained my deep anxiety and he kind of held my hand through it. Like, you doing okay, Jules? Yeah. He calls me Jules. There's like three people in this world that calls me Jules. He's one of them. You doing okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. All right. We're uh, in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're getting there. And so we get, to Dodger Stadium, he, I believe he got, he had good t- uh, tickets. Yeah. We're on the floor um, of Dodger Stadium. They haven't come on yet. He wants to go and get a soda. Yeah. And he's like, you going to be okay? Yeah. Um, well, I, I'll try because we got to yeah. hold our, it's like standing room. There's yeah. no, it's a, sure, you gotta, you're on the floor. There's you no seats. Space. Yeah. So, um, so I go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be okay. Just lie because yeah. I'm trembling. And so as an exercise, I made myself turn around and look at all the seats and all the people yeah. in Dodger Stadium. And it was, you know, like the sky. So it was a uh, trepidation. But, but I looked around and I, you know, anxiety ridden, but I did an exercise and yeah. looked at that much yeah. rather than had um, blind uh, blinders on and like just were freaked just, out in your own head. Yeah. Yeah. So I made myself look at that yeah. part and then he came back. And then here's where the therapy happened. Mm. <laughs> Once the fucking show has started, yeah. something came over me. And I had fan energy. I yeah. had, and me and Mike joke about it, where me, Mick and Keith, yeah. I'm like, we love you, Keith! Yeah. You know, and I'm like, he's looking at me, and yeah. I'm all my, I'm like a fan, a yeah. super fan. So I, it was weird, because this shift of understanding fanaticism and being that made me somehow understand and not like i'm keith but you get people have been excited to well no it's like it's like that's exactly what that's for though is to relieve the existential predicament of you like hero worship yeah and believing in or having gods among the living is a great way to displace almost all of your anxiety 
I think it's great. <laughs> so how does that help you when you go into the supermarket? I don't know, but something, <laughs> sorry if I get too loud, something shifted. You right, know, you have right. these moments in your life mm-hmm. where you have a little bit of, oh, okay, a new new revelation. I yeah. was in my mid-20s at that point. And right. So uh, that was helpful. I had one of those yesterday, actually. A minor one, revelation. Okay. It was, um, That's cool. I was just walking out of my house and I realized, like, I, I don't have to go anywhere to retire. You know, like there's always this part of my mind where it's sort of like I'm going to quit and I'm get, I'm getting out. I'm going to go get a cabin. <laughs> I can't believe it. I always have thought this. <laughs> yeah. I may. Okay, yeah. go on. You know, the like cabin, I'm gonna, the ca- get off the grid. Right. My boyfriend thinks this. Yeah. Way. I'm like, I'll, you don't want to live. Yeah. How long is that yeah. going to last? Uh-huh. But but there is that party yes. that's sort of going to move to Ireland. Like the shit's going to go down with if Trump's reelected. Yes. I'm going to get out and whatever. But then I just had this moment where I'm like, wait, this is nice here. Yeah. I mean. It, what I'm, it's my sense of retiring or slowing down is really about like, I'm fucking, I'm anxious. I'm done with this shit. I don't like the expectations. Yes. You know, like, I'm like, I don't like the, the, the chase. You put on yourself and the, right, uh, the right. right. Okay. And, and that's a mental thing. It's a, it's, a, I think it's just a take on that. Like, you know, no, no matter where you go, there you are kind of shit. Yes. You know what I mean? It's going to be the same until you change. It's an inside job, man. Well, <laughs> here's the thing is, <laughs> Those things we know, yeah. it's important to realize them anew every yeah. single time, like it's a new thought. Oh, yeah. You just keep realizing, be in the moment. Well, sometimes that's it, it. be in the moment. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel that my entire career as a comic is, has something to do with, with facing fear. Yes. Now, what do you think when you go up on stage in whatever incarnation of you is the Juliet and the Licks? Is that a character? No. Hmm. I get asked this. Oh, and I face my fears when I do any kind of acting work. Because sure. that, that mechanism, like, you're doing that? You're not good enough. All that oh, shit that, yeah, yeah, tunes yeah, yeah. in. But no, uh, the licks is, I don't know what I'm going to do ever. It, musically, I'm so, I have to defeat uh, being, I have to re- repurpose. Right. Um, but the licks was my, what I liken as my, sort of like a high school band, but not in high school, but in thir- when I was 30. Yeah, yeah, 30. No, but I, yeah, but it's good. Um, but when it, people ask, to me it was like a an exercising of, all your emotionality. I always mm. say I'm an emotionalist. Mm-hmm. So that was in rock and roll music. And I became, for me, I was like a conduit of 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 the instruments. Like right. the drumming, I was tapped into. Yeah, yeah. To drumming, bass, guitar, and then together we'd write songs. But they're very derivative uh, rock music because yeah. that's, that's what I was able to do at yeah. that time. yeah. With my uh, bandmates, and um, but we were really—I was really proud of the shows because yeah. the shows were um, all about connectivity and people. I wanted them to lose lose their minds, yeah, basically in the best sense, in the way that you did with Keith Richards. That's it. So, but you grew up in this business, yeah, basically. Because I know, like your yeah. dad, Jeffrey Jeffrey Lewis. Like I remember him from when I was a kid. Yeah, like he was like in every movie. He's in a lot of movies, a lot of the Clint Eastwood movies, but he's got that face, character actor guy. You're saying exactly <laughs> what I grew up with. Yeah. Like you always know I'd always say you always know his face, you may not know his name and right. he's, he's a character actor and Comedy me, and serious movies. That's it. He can do everything. And I always to me that's it, it, there's I just follow so much of my dad's footsteps in that way 
that I'm honored to be. I want to play characters. I didn't yeah. get into this business to be myself or to be cool. Right. Um, but yeah, I do feel a little defensive when people are like, you grew up like a Hollywood kid because we no, did. No, it was no, no, but we didn't. We weren't very, uh, I grew up with not a lot of money with my mom initially. What'd she do? Um, well, she's ha- was having children, so she's a mom, was a mom full time. Um, but she was a graphic artist. Now they and were, but this is the 70s. She would do so. promotional uh, stuff for companies, oh, that right, kind of thing, right. but graphic design, right? Like pamphlet, you know. But I always think of the 70s, like, yeah, I, I don't think of it as <clears throat> in the same way that I, I think of, like, um, I, I don't, I don't feel like I, it was privileged, but it seemed like a more kind of grittier, more exciting time in Hollywood. Like I don't, I didn't wasn't thinking of you as some sort of uh, star like Beverly child. Hills. No, you no. know, I wasn't that. that. No, I, I, <clears throat> I wouldn't assume that your dad would be a Beverly Hills guy. No, I, I don't think Ned Beatty lived in Beverly Hills. That's you know? it. He's of that ilk. <laughs> the yeah, Gene yeah. Hackman. Yeah. Well, Hackman's probably like Hackman sort of somehow transcended character he acting. He did, but uh, but Ned Beatty didn't. Ned Beatty's another one of those guys who's in everything. So awesome. But like, All those guys, yeah. But did you, wait, were those guys around? Who were his friends? He, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He wasn't, he, he wasn't really friends. He, you know, my dad's funny. What he's, about with Clint? He, he was in every yes. Clint Eastwood movie. First, I should say, he's not here anymore. We're yeah. in the fourth year. Um, oh, sorry. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and so, but when we were, Growing up, yeah, he yes, he was very. He would befriend like stuntman, stuntman, yes. and and like he was really into. It was funny as he reached midlife, yeah. which is what I knew. He's kind of an older dad when I was a kid, maybe mid forties, oh yeah, fifties. Uh-huh. Um, and he would got into like street fighting and uh, taking Muay Thai. My dad was so funny because he was such a. Um, contradictions so uh-huh. he, he came up like he took dance in new york right he, he was, was a new of, york actor yeah in new york is sort of renaissance sure. but he uh, and then he uh got really into everything that was macho yeah like knife collecting later guns or, later yeah because how can you say have taken modern jazz with martha graham and and then you're like, you know, you then you wear it's interesting. Uh, what's those gun shirts, Hetchler and Koch? Yeah, or some I forgot. What well, I mean, Hetchler. what do you make of that? Um, I don't know. My dad's a funny. I think he likes archetypes, and he was into. He was reaching into things that I don't know that he felt he totally was that. Well, he so like he would emulate oh, things okay. a little bit, right? Because, like, I mean, so he started, like, in that sort of New York scene in the late 60s and that kind of trip. Yeah, like, yeah. but he was, so where did they come from? We have a Lewis farm in Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Dilapidated, a, meaning the, the, the Lewis's. The family owns one? Yeah, my aunt. Yeah. My aunt Nancy lives, yeah. lives up there. Uh-huh. And then he came with his parents to out in nowhere, uh, uh, Victorville, I should I shouldn't say that the Victorvillians would think mm. they're somewhere. I just it's just desert. It's, it's a, here? and Wrightwood. It's in the mountains. Here? But yeah, in California. Oh, okay. So so yeah. he grew up there and then went back to New York. My uh, my mom is from east the East Coast. She oh, yeah. went to like Cooper Union. Cooper Union, sure. Yeah. There, so they were like East Coasters for a bit. Yeah. Um, and but he started working late in life. Uh-huh. In midlife, he got success as an actor like with uh clint eastwood movies clint took a real liking to him yeah well he did that he was also i guess in some of those earlier he was in that um 
He was in Warren Oates' Dillinger. He was in Dillinger. Yeah. Um, with a High Plains Drifter. Oh, yeah, he yeah, has yeah, this yeah. famous line. He's such a baddie. He does, who are you? And he's like, that's his... Oh, my gosh. So w- when did you start... Did you spend any time on sets? What, yes. Like, like what planted in you? Yes. You did. So my introduction to acting land was... Yeah going hanging out with my dad on sets uh where we and there are a lot of cowboys so we were on bronco billy my first time being on camera is is because clint is like sure put your kid in the (laughs) audience scene yeah um and there's a shot of just me uh, as being an extra in that movie i was like seven right um but what I knew about this environment was it was really long hours. Yeah. All the sets I'd been on were dusty. Right. Um, and there were really colorful, interesting people. Yeah. That, that yeah. gravitated. Of course, yeah. You know, from people with sorted backgrounds. Yeah. We have no idea. Yeah, same with rock and roll. With yeah. People who set up the, the sure. stages. and Right. So it's... It was so I knew later in life. Oh, okay, this is the line of work, quote unquote, you go into when you live in your imagination, or you like storytelling or characters, which I dreamed a lot of as a kid. That you, occupied you know, my headspace. A it's lot. interesting. Like, like, when do you did you? I hear this word storytelling so much now, and I'm not sure I remember hearing it uh, like before a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I mean, like, do you know? Do you remember where you, when you started using that word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I've okay. Well, I, for me, you know, you hear use phrases, and you're like, "Oh, that that describes it." Because I didn't I know what it was. It. I just noticed it. I'm not trying. I'm not judging you. No, okay. uh, because a like storytelling. Well, well, no, I talk to actors. I talk to directors. And I'm they're a like, storyteller, right? They're, everyone's sort of like, it's really about telling the story. I'm like, did everyone always say this, or is it a new thing? <laughs> it's it's kind of new, There's right? There's so much new shit, too, that you're <laughs> like, yeah, this is the new thing. Triggered. I like this yeah. word. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. Authenticity. Authenticity. That's a new one. Um, yeah. W- storytelling. So for me, though, I didn't know what it was called as a kid. No, I know. You I was. Di- I was, believe. I, I have to tell you, too, I had the 70s, 80s. Mm. What do they call it? There's another phrase, latchkey kid. Latchkey kid, yeah. Yeah, we were left alone a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was, you might border on a little neglect. Uh-huh. So uh, my parents are awesome and they're artists, but we didn't have a lot of structure. Were I, they out, out partying? No, uh, no, working. My mom was right. still raised kids, but was working, How working, many, working. So like, what, she had six total. My mom. Oh my god! So like, where are you in the lineup? So. Of my mom and dad's brood, it goes my brother, me, my sister. Yeah. And then she married again and had two. Oh, no, one kid. Yeah. And that's Bo, my hero, who's my hero. The New Orleans guy. Yep. And then there's another two kids she had from her third and final husband. (laughs) And she's still around? Yes. That's nice. Are they still married? No, oh. my mom has been single for an eternity. My mom, okay, it's my dream to play aspects of my mom. She's funny. You haven't done that yet? I, 
I've looked like my mom in yeah. film or coming up actually this Mark Ruffalo HBO show. I look so much like my mom. Anytime I curl my hair, she had curly red hair. She's this super is a, Irish. An upcoming show you're on. Upcoming show that he produced or he's in. He stars in. What is it? It's called I Know This Much Is True by from a Wally Lamb book. Uh huh. And it'll be a six part. Uh, you in all six? Limited. I'm in three. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you keep working. It's a part. It's a funny. Yeah. It's a f- and you got your mom. You can see your mom in there. I see. Not in the way I act in the show, but just yeah. visually, it's pretty hilarious. So when you start doing the work, Latchkey Kid hanging out, but there's three uh, and you know, before when yeah. did they get divorced? So when I was two. Oh, so really you're... little. I've always known my parents to be split. All right, so your so mom, you were with we your were mom. with my mom for a bit, and then when they decide, okay, I have more kids, and now you're doing okay financially, why don't you take the kids? It was like that. It was like a. Uh, so you always lived with one or the other. Yes. You never ran away, or oh yeah, of course. What are you kidding? <laughs> well, and I left home at fourteen. You could call you that running away. I set out to live in the world. Was I 14? 15. 14. It's really Who young. took you in? Okay, so <laughs> um, my f- uh, a family friend, yeah. her name is Karen Black. The actress. Yes. Okay. And she, I live. <laughs> Whose friend was it? She your dad's or your mom's? Both. She was both my mom and dad's friend. I, I would go to her house when I was a kid. I knew her since I was a little wee baby. Um, it, here's the great irony yeah. is that Working, and this is funny, as I look back, I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Working in TV and film kept me out of trouble. Right. For initially, mm-hmm. I- until, you know, I imploded. Uh, fa- fame was troubling. Right. As a late, as a teenager. Yeah. Um, but initially, I was, you know, a teenager di- ditching school, failing, hanging out with criminals. Really? Yeah. That was the thing is when we talk about the mind, different people, different spirits, like you come into this Mm -hmm. world just having a different, like for me, it was how much trouble can I get in and survive? And that's not, you know, people would probably think something of the sort of me, but I don't know. I had that, that's odd because I had a similar (laughs) mindset in that, like, you know, how will I know if I'm losing my mind? Mm Mm-hmm. That like I I was a little nervous about too much trouble, but like when it came to drugs or other kinds of stuff, right. I had this sort of like line. You're that pushing might, it. Like yeah, like will I know? Like if I lose my mind, I'm going to stop. Like you're going to know. How that. I was just. Do you know I've th- pondered on this because I thought I lost my mind once, and I did say to myself, "Oh, how you know you've lost my mind is you don't know." Right. Yeah. I well, don't know. When was that? That was oh when you were losing it. All right, so so you're running around. Did you finish high school or did you? I got my GED, and got a tutor. So I technically, but I did not finish high school. But you're acting starting when you're what twelve or what? Yeah, twelve and a half, thirteen. When did you 14. do Cape Fe- Cape Fear at fifteen? That I was playing younger, but I turned eighteen during the in, during right. the movie. Oh, so you did right. You did vacation the one the second vacation at fifteen. Yeah, yeah, right. That was great. And then you did, yeah, that's funny movie. Uh, this, I'm having all these moments, Mark. I have to say, yeah, these midlife moments where you're you get to give a thanks. I don't know appreciation to yeah. the, the people that 
took a chance on me and or the reason I got from A to B. And so right. one of them is we had this little, which um, what do you call it? anniversary of with uh, um, Christmas vacation? You did with Chevy Chase. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing pictures of that. And he, Beverly D'Angelo and Johnny Galecki, who went on to mm-hmm. do his show. Yeah. Um, it was really sweet, and Chevy was in good form, and and it was just sweet because that movie plays every year for Christmas. What are the chances? Yeah, and you get those little checks. I get those little checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they started putting some faces on merchandise. So oh, we, really? uh, oh, let's see really? what's what's happening over there. It's yeah. still that pot. Really, it's still happening, huh? Yeah, they they. Uh, yeah, they do Christmas vacation stuff. It's one. It's a holiday movie. It's a holiday movie. That's amazing. You made the cut. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. I just showed. There's up. only a few movies that know. know that that end up making. Like Elf is another one, a yes. fairly modern movie that yeah. gets a lot of play. That's true. Over Christmas. So wait, Karen yeah. Black is a family friend and also one of the most inspired, unique actresses. Yes. Ever. And she, you live with her a bit? And she was an influence. I mean, I, again, when you- It's a wild influence. I could see that. How did she influence you? She- Were you taking acting classes? Were you doing no. anything? So Nothing. part of my development is mm. stuff like playing charades at Karen Black's house when I was little, little, and yeah. her going, okay, now you're a such and such. She would just call out yeah. something to play. <laughs> right. And she- validated me early on she was really just a beautiful person is she still around she's not around she left or went i hate the word died yeah um before my dad so Uh hers would be five years ago um but she really validated you know there's these key people who who encourage you you have a voice. I would have loved to see you guys work together. She wanted that very much. We never it never happened. Mm. I know we we wanted to play uh, mother and daughter. Yeah, but she's very much. I always call her sort of my creative mother of uh, 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 sorts. And then you see her work. It's like oh okay, we're. She's just, you can see the what similar. I don't the know. Influence. Just when there's someone, not so much. Just just when someone's so individual, there's yeah. so much themselves. So that's all I ever strive to be is is unfiltered you know yeah. just being right so that's sort of counter like intuitive to character acting though you know what i mean like she could do all these things but she could never she didn't she may get lost in a role but you always knew it was her there are these it's interesting i always notice this about actors is that some actors are always kind of themselves but they just turn some knobs yes but they all like Clooney's great right yeah great actor but he's always Clooney yeah but he can make adjustments to where you believe anything he's doing because yeah. he's good so he's a movie star yeah. but then there are people that there are actors that you generally know the source of who they are, they don't lose that. Yeah. But they just make adjustments and they can do whatever they want to do. But they're not, um, you know, it's not like um, they're not doing weird voices and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like- Not learning any accents People that are mostly themselves yeah. and bringing what that is. Yeah. Or there's like a Benicio Del Toro. I remember yeah. when he was first in Usual. He's just coming up to me because he was in Usual Suspects and he made this choice of like- Mumbling every line was sad. Yeah, he, he mumbled yeah, like, "What the fuck choice he, is this?" It he's was amazing. Continued making that choice. Okay, <laughs> it's, a, it's a choice he stuck with. <laughs> All right, maybe he's not. 
The example. See, that's no, my. No, it is. My you worked with him though on some. Movie. I did. I but when you were younger. I I my tortures. I want to disappear and become somebody else. But yes, you're always going to be. You want to be present. I think it's a present thing. Like for me, oh yeah, totally and hundred percent. I want to make it look like you do not see any acting, like it's breathing. That's going, right. That's right. So it's like you're losing yourself, but you're not. You're. It's mostly to be in the moment, like because to lose that self consciousness that you were talking about, you know, to where you're freaked out about this or that, you know, violence or. For me, it's people judging you. You know, it's a unique person that can get on a set and not acknowledge, you know, in in the sense and do the work in front of you know fifty to a hundred people, you know, surrounding them in different jobs, yes. and to sort of be present and 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 be in that scene, yeah. right? To get past this stuff, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's the the real gift. I mean, you, you know, you lose yourself, but it's just you're not your brain's not spinning your regular shit. So that's how you lose yourself because you're engaged. Engaged in the in the moment, and yeah. what and I like to say, and transcend. So you know, yeah. when you get really lucky, you hit a kind of transcendence. Oh yeah, where the all the machinery or the you really enter into the make believe. You're right. creating a different reality. Right. I don't know. And you feel it like when you come out of the scene where cut. And you're like, yeah. What. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. That like I'm just starting to understand that about acting. I was kind of like a little bit stupid about it. Like I, I didn't like all the waiting around. But like if you if you lock into what you're doing and you have enough of a part to really do something, yeah. It's that's what the payoff is. Yeah. And you know what I mean? You do your shit and then it's like, "All right, we're going to take a, it's going to take an hour and a half before we're set up for the next one." It's like, "Okay, fine. That one was good. Let's do the next How one." How do you do and well this is what's funny about because every job I do, I'm like, oh yeah, it's you have muscle mem- memory, but yeah. nothing is easier. It's, there's no. I was like, wow, I thought this would. I'll never coast because <laughs> right. I, I never yeah. want automaticities. So I don't. And if I find, you know, because sometimes when you come up to you have things that you, people then if they imitate it or you're like, oh, I don't want those to become tricks, right? But you can see. Um, things, you know, when I cry, I look like how I cry. I don't know. I, no, you can't like, complete. When I say I want to lose myself, meaning I would love if my voice changed, if I didn't look like myself and this yeah. and that. But but more importantly than all that, that's another version of ego. Yeah. You want to prove you can transmute, right. transform. But really, I just want to, again, tell the story i want to uh uh, be as honest and rich and multi-layered i really love contradictions in people in humanity and that you can pull that like that that's your engagement with a script though you know the script will dictate yes some of that and and also like i you're one of those people that is uniquely yourself there's there's nothing you can do (laughs) i don't (laughs) You you know what I mean? Like you're one of those identifiable people. Like oh, that's that that's Juliet. You, you know, like there's no way, you know, which is a good thing that because you're you're you have a rawness and your emotional accessibility that you have with yourself and your your willingness to to be open is what engages that that weird authentic thing that you have. That's neat. Don't you think so? Well, yeah, I don't. 
I <laughs> that's neat. I was trying to. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. I'm like, how will he describe what I do? <laughs> that sounds pretty good. <laughs> no, um, I know what I'm do feel and what I struggle or what I transcend internally. But yes, it's funny externally when early on when when people a few people started imitating or making fun of me i was like oh shit yeah yeah i got some snl imitations and the good thing is i never was too oh yeah who did that was that uh, where they did the retainer i think it was janine garofalo oh yeah they did a lot of mannered (laughs) stuff and you gotta understand at the time before i did cape fear i did freaking 80s sitcoms where they didn't want any naturalism. It was yeah. like, don't move your hands, stand up straight. So you're getting Lots those parts. I was right before the little girl thing. Yes. Yeah. And it was super weird. They were trying to conform right. me uh, uh, early. It's a hilarious story I tell before I got Cape Fear. Yeah. They hired an acting coach for me to yeah. get me to stop acting natural. <laughs> oh, really? Basically. Yeah, yeah, just Oh, because you're fidgeting? It was a sitcom. You're doing your thing? Well, and yeah. I was like leaning against yeah. the sofa <laughs> and behaving like a freaking right, teenager. Right, right, right. Knowingly. Yeah. And they wanted uh, these, gee, dad, yeah. you don't know, you know, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right. that was the great. That was hilarious. Oh, that's a, that is funny. So everything they were trying to, it, it, I, I almost gave it up at sixteen, and then I got the audition, and then I always say that everything they were um, already validated what I needed uh, to carry. Scorsese. On. Yes. Yeah. True. Oh, right. Like, special. He was going. Yes. You know, and yeah. he knew to like let me go he just sort of gave me the the room the space and the material and mm. all those he, he's just a genius because he knows what each actor needs like yeah. i didn't know i didn't again i'm not academic. 18, right? i wasn't academically trained yeah. either so so it was all instincts right and he helped cultivate right that my instincts basically so that was like a, a whole graduate level 100 yeah. percent. i always say my directors are, were my teachers and that and so that's when everything now your folks were okay with you acting obviously right yeah um yeah yeah again <laughs> my when i jokingly we would try love we have great humor in my family and with my mom yeah when i said they're neglectful i mean yeah they're busy yeah. folks i had the opposite of what you hear like you're gonna do this and right you know and yeah um, right 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 so the point is they sort of anything their kids my dad was a great facilitator like oh you're interested in like my brother he gave a camera to because my brother was watching tv and he yeah. loved videos right. so he gave him a camera right um, yeah, and I took like dance and singing and all this little stuff as a kid. So after Cape Fear, though, that was a huge movie. You work with De Niro, and you and you work with uh, Nick Nolte, and um, who was the mom? Jessica Lange. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's a wild movie, movie of greats. Yeah, and and that was exciting for you. Were you able to keep your shit together? Or yeah, what's yeah. funny? I had another full circle moment when I got to have a dinner with. De Niro and Scorsese, Harvey Cattell. Yeah, who played my dad. When was this? Um, recently at the um, AARP uh-huh. award. I handed, I gave Marty an award, oh. and had a just beautiful. I've had a few like a tribute to De Niro some yeah. years ago. I got to speak and oh yeah. Uh, but my point is, 
at that time, it all worked for me. I never, I didn't really, I didn't know what they meant to right. American oh, yeah, cinema. Sure, sure. So my naivete yeah. it worked great because right. I didn't know to be shitting my pants yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on this job. Yeah. All I wanted, I just wanted to do a really, all I uh, knew is that this was the time. Yeah. Like you better, you right. better do something. Yeah. You better really make, be powerful. And to, that for me, that's by being as honest yeah, and rich as possible. Yeah, in it, playing the young girl. But M- Marty, what's so great is he wanted a fully f- dimensional, you know, not these vapid sure. um, things right. we'd seen on screen. He wanted this the family, and he actually because it was a remake from the fifties. Sure. He wanted the family to have all this subversion and and complexity, moral and, complexity, exactly. Right, because the daughter's yeah, the, the mad. Gregory Peck character was not like that. Exactly. Yeah. So he made that clear to all of us. And so every scene had a thing of, you know, where the family distrust. Sexual tension. Yeah. Yeah. Or or moral dubiousness, masculinity issues. Yeah. yeah. All of that. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. He really kind of uh, expanded the, um, the whole uh, subtext of the movie. Yes. Yeah. And it, so it makes it scarier. It's funny because I did a scene, one scene with De Niro. You know, in the Joker. Oh uh, yeah! Oh my God! You were in the Joker. Yes, for a second, right? But like, I was uh, very excited about it, and I was able to respect what was happening, enjoy what was happening, and even with Joaquin, who was not communicative because he was immersed. Yeah, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I'm not going to judge him for that. He's yeah, doing what he's doing. No, I worked with a friend like that. I was like, we are completely different, but you know what? That's what it takes to get you to go there. And <laughs> yeah. for me, I got to step out of it right. when we say cut. I can't. Oh, oh, right. I can't. I can't sit in this. Right. So yeah, we're not going to be talking at the craft services. That's table. it. <laughs> you can you can go over there and brood and talk to yourself. That was Giovanni Giovanni oh. Ribisi. Yeah. We. I don't think he'll mind me. I mean, that's how he worked. I've interviewed him. At that time. You did? Yeah, yeah. A while back. A while He's back. intense, but he had to Very stay intense. in it. Great we actor. Were, great actor. That's what I'm saying. If you if you weren't good, <laughs> then I would judge you harder. He, he's kind of done some sort of like amazing work. Yes. Uh, in the past. Like in, in movies that I don't think people really know. Yeah. Like, you know, I've seen him as he got older, but like that, that shit he did in that, in that movie with... Um, what was it called? The Gift? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. The Blue I, Diamond shit. He's I mean. so funny because he won't let you compliment him. He's uh-huh. one of those. He can't. Uh-huh. But now I think he's old enough. I'm like, shut up. You're a titan. This was my new, the lingo that yeah. came out of me. Are you guys friends? Yes. Yeah. I'm best friends with his sister. Um, but he did a movie. We just did this little independent movie recently called from the james fry book about oh, yeah, addiction. million little pieces the one that turned out to be bullshit the book yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, i wouldn't go no no i talked maybe to him it was just one a bit he, he whatever it I was have a problem yeah. with that too it's like unless it i don't know we could that's a if you're a writer i mean can't we when we sit and talk sometimes we exaggerate oh no stories. no no or no, what no, was okay. the problem i don't know what he did no at the time he like lie saying just, i got arrested and you didn't get arrested. yeah he manufactured a lot of the story okay. and he's a good writer that was right. always the thing with him was sort of like why didn't you just just say, say this is my friends yeah, yeah. that is true 
Okay. You, you know, and he sort of, he took a hit for it. And he's one of the first ones to really get nailed like that. That's it. Uh, and like he, you know, it hit him pretty hard. And But, you know, it was clear Ugh. that he was a good writer. But they're making a movie of, of it? They made it. Oh. And it's one of the, you know, it's really hard to oh, I do. I can't remember when did it come small out. Small films. It had a, you know, a little release at Ar- uh, Arclight here. I mean, all over, yeah, limited, yeah. limited release. It starred Aaron Taylor Johnson and right. directed... Um, by Sam Taylor Johnson, who's an incredible filmmaker. They're married. Okay. Um, it's beautiful. It's very poetic. But anyway, Giovanni was in that and is is transcendent. Do I say transcendental? Transcendent. No, transcendent. It's good. He's phenomenal. And in his it. sister acted, but does she do it anymore? Or is she, it there's another one? Or is there two? No, it was Marissa Ribisi. She totally was an actor for a while, and that, it's not really her thing. She wrote. She was the friend. I love this. Comes full circle. Yeah. That I did. Some girl. She wrote that with uh, my other good best friend, Bree Schaefer. Yeah. They wrote this really cool L.A. Oh, story right, script right, called right, Some right, Girl That Mike right. Rappaport Was In. Right. Um. But she's she's a mom of two. Oh. And she did some designing, clothes designing. She's just one of these creative. Months, right, but she's not really an actor person. Yeah, because I talked to him a while ago. It got, it, you know, I think it was a good interview, but it got tense because I asked him about the church. Yeah, and it gets a little weird sometimes. I thought we could. I thought that would come up, and I have all. Oh, you got. Oh, so you've known for them you through and that. I. Yeah, you. What? You've known them through that. Vonnie, um, no. Oh, we have. There's a whole bunch of friends that I have from Los Angeles, right. but not specifically through Scientology. But you, you grew up in it. Um, let's see how I would define this again, because my parents weren't, they're very like, um, I would call it free thinkers, but the, the, the problem with the discussion of Scientology is there's so much, um, I don't know if you'd call it folklore that might be true for other people and their experience. Yeah. That's the whole thing. So, So the point is to grow up in something, nothing was ever forced on me not right. schooling right. not my right. profession not right. religion so i didn't grow up in a household like this is what we believe right. and this guy is a deity right. and i did grow up with there's concepts in scientology sure. like we had things like um it, uh, it's really basic stuff like yeah. c- communicating or val- valuing right. what a little kid uh, their point of view. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the, these are things not written, but that right. you should listen sure. to people. Right. Um, but as far there's a metaphor I wanted to use of like, because all this stuff it's so bad about Scientology, and we're in this stuff, this stuff that you oh there, with there the is, TV show, all the stuff that. But there is uh, there is reality to that. It wasn't I, your reality. It's not my reality. Right. So it's like. I always make the analogy, and first of all, I'm a spiritualist. Uh-huh. If you want to define me, I don't like when me as Juliet is defined by some yeah. something else well, or I think an association people... with right, 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 right. It, as right. far as like my philosophical beliefs, yeah, I have everything from the tethered to soul. Is that the latest? Yeah. That's the latest book. That untethered soul. Untethered soul. Not tethered. Right. And then I just got this other book called Welcoming the Unwelcome, <laughs> which is all I'm trying to fucking figure out. You know, I have a friend, four, three friends who have stage four cancer. Oh. I have a friend who fell on his bike, is in the hospital. So all these things are, yeah. are hard to navigate. 
Um, but back to the Scientology discussion. Yeah. So here's the me- uh, the analogy. Yeah. If someone came out and did a show yeah. on veganism sure. and how if you uh, veganism it made me sick, my right. organs. Right. This happened and this happened, and you have another person who's like, well, that's it was my experience is totally different. Right. Um, <clears throat> I I'm not. I'm in no place to ever invalidate someone else's experience, but I don't want my experience to be invalidated too. Or or associated with associated. it. Associated. That's the other thing is some of these people who have all the negative slant, they'll take anybody's name who's been associated with yeah. Scientology and say that you're condoning these horrible feeling uh, things that they have. I'm not any. That's well. The not, weird thing was to me, like, and I'm no historian about it, so like, I, you know, I really can't do the sort of uh, kind of like, um, like the pressing in depth or pressing interview about it. But you know, like any sort of modern belief system or or something that seems or starts out as a cult, is that there was a time where the ideas were out there and free to take. Uh, and utilize how anyone might want to. There were people who entered Scientology in the 70s as a self-help sort of option, uh, took what they needed from it and moved on. Yeah. There are very smart people that you know read some of the stuff of uh, Hubbard's process and, uh, and, and, and validated it and used it in their life, but didn't get locked into the church. Yeah. And then there's levels within the church, it seems, of you know adepts new people the way the church has evolved over time the depth of the teachings uh, you know what it requires of you financially that like any other sort of racket uh you know causes trouble causes problems and the people who are explaining that are people that are disgruntled and upset or or in some cases they felt you know abused and violated yes and that's where i'm like if you ever think or have experienced abuse, yeah. do all the appropriate channels sure. to nail anybody to the wall. Well, what was your experience with it? Do you still... Me, mine is sort of come and go as you please. Right. I've done read books. I've done yeah. some courses. Right. I've done the auditing, which is their, the equivalent of, you know, sitting, talking, yeah. and delving into your mind. And, yeah. And I had uh, things that were really helpful for me yeah. early on. Um, but... That's so I don't have the thing of uh, that I'm owned or tied into well, something. Right. It or could, even the I don't have this thing of um I'm an opinionated questioning sure. person. Sure. And also you went through some serious <laughs> shit, some serious turmoil and trouble yeah. and crisis in your life and you, you know it didn't seem to you, you know offer Whatever support was necessary. Oh to... no, I did get help at this time when I was twenty-two. Oh, you did oh, from, yeah. from the church. It, I don't even like this term. All right, from, from the church, from the organization. But yeah, like doing, doing. It's it's something you sort of you learn and you apply. Okay, so there's yeah. little things like um, everything. The, Hubbard has written down things like. A, a locational this yeah. thing a process you do where you orient yourself in the environment yeah. if you're feeling overwhelmed uh-huh. so there's like little oh, things yeah. like this right. you would never hear right. about because you only hear about uh, this all this other stuff with uh, money and stuff like that but right, I the specific writings and teachings you don't hear about that's for sure yeah, yeah where you're like what are people into people mock it more than anything else they mock yeah, the or, thetans and they mock holding the cans exactly <laughs> yeah, right. which I can can take mocking of all different kinds I, I, yeah. I don't care what I do care about is do not take my name 
that I worked, <laughs> that I live in my skin and uh, associate it with a story that's not my own. That, right. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, my experience sure. that are not my own. That's all yeah, That's yeah. all I'd ask. That's all I would give uh, to somebody else. But as far as, and also money and shit, I don't, I pay, you know, I get Reiki healing. I'm really into this. I do acupuncture. Yeah. These are things uh, paid for. Anyway. Okay, so. Wait. But what does that mean? So you do give. I'm saying you pay for a, a service. Any sort of spiritual. But I don't, I don't have it. People are looking at, what about the hundred thousand? That's not my experience. You, I don't, you don't. It's not. I don't. Ha- don't I didn't pay a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> yeah, okay, so don't I don't do, know. That's yeah. not my experience. Yeah, maybe it was yours. You're not part of the tithing. No. Okay. So wait. So yeah. now tell me. Um, so locational. Yeah. I like that. Locational is good. And you'll see some of this stuff is like. It's common sense stuff. Sure. But yeah, looking around. I've had. I've used that when I was. Well, it's sort of like a, a, an extension. Orienting of, yourself, like when you're about to do a, a show, you can look around. I'll look to the back of the room. But look yeah, to it's the like side. that moment you had at the Stone Show. That's it. Yeah. So maybe it's I sort was of doing something. Re- like rooted in that. Yeah. But what was the like? How did? Because like I'm fortunate in that I've never gotten that famous. Yeah. Like I, I keep a kind of mid-level presence yeah, publicly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know, my celebrity has never achieved. I can still live a comfortable life and go to the store. Right. So when when all that started happening to you, yeah. what was the direct effect? Like, how did you know that you were losing it? Like, what was it that you felt caused it outside of, like, the going to the supermarket and f- feeling the fear of violence? What, what was... Well, before that, it was it didn't go straight to that. It was just more the energy shift. Like, it, when it, Natural Born Killers, natu- are, right? <laughs> right? No, I saw that recently. Another full circle moment was totally crazy, but Oliver and Woody Harrelson. Yeah, so yeah. Oliver, so Woody Harrelson, they were screening... 25th anniversary of Natural Yeah, I, I think I talked to Woody like the day of that Oh, thing. my God. Yeah. And I love Woody so much. Oliver, you know, he's a funny guy. Yeah. Um, But I watched it, and I am all raw <laughs> fucking... <laughs> yeah. I knew, but, I, but he... See, Oliver let... He wanted the playing field. He wanted every idea you had. You sort of, it was like a guttural purging. Yeah. He, he, he created the environment. We could improvise. We could yeah. do all this. Because I knew I was sort of going to wield lightning. But also I have to assume that as an actress and somebody who's a searcher like you and in, in the idea of, uh, you know, you know, getting out of yourself, I mean, you know, to take, you know, to, to push the envelope given the opportunity must have been pretty relieving. It was really fun. So yes, there's these movies that yeah. I that shaped me, yeah. and Natural Born Killers is one of them because Oliver wanted you. You could not be lazy. Like you, he just wanted every idea. So he really valued people's creativity. Yeah. Like I'd show up, I wrote I wrote a scene, and he'd be like, "Yeah, let's do that." Um, and it was psychedelic. It was a psychedelic film yeah. in that you're going to go, okay, you're driving in a car and you're trying to get away from the cops, but there's demons running by the window. Right. So just act that. <laughs> you're like, how the fuck? What does that look like? 
You're on mushrooms, yeah. fearing the cops, yeah. and then there's devil people. You know, so so is the ultimate what make believe yeah. shaping you up. You know, and I, I for me it's a flawed. It's I, I almost say it's a little bit campy, but I know I uh, you know scared a lot of people. So uh, that's as cool. a comic, I thought that the the weird thing on TV with Rodney Dangerfield, yes, that was the fucking greatest. Like it was weird and fucked up. Yes. To get Rodney into that zone, like who dreamt that up? I know, I know that Oliver, how that came about, you know, and they, there's all that friction or history that it was Tarantino's script, and you know, I didn't know this whole backstory. I'm just an actor coming on, but so a lot of it's Mm. Oliver's subversion of what was there, and so he, uh, I sort of said because I was like, if you want it, any. I don't know if Oliver will remember this either, but I said you you can't have a female be this way without some kind of, it just never was in history that you, so <laughs> with Eileen Warnes, like all we had of female serial killers are very specific. So yeah. I was like, some of it's got to have um, true um, a backstory yeah. or something, which I know I, later I talked to Tarantino, he was like, he he hated this idea that um you know no Mickey and Mallory are just the way they are natural born killers yeah but so my that was Tarantino that was Tarantino yeah. but to Oliver I said yeah you got to show I mean I don't know this might be too crazy you got to show that Mallory came from something that made her um, like a fucking hyena or something right. and he took that <laughs> and then did a laugh track. <laughs> weird sitcom, <laughs> sitcom thing, yeah. with the family yeah. laughter with the molestation you know so that was his freak show mind uh wow. isn't that crazy that so was, you were on the set with rodney for a day or two oh my god what a lovable yeah lovable sweet man <laughs> and i had to jump on his back and i think i might have hurt his <laughs> back <laughs> yeah even though i was light he's like oh, you know be easy i'm not gonna try be to do easy, it will you? yes <laughs> i wasn't gonna try hey. to give you an impersonation hey listen kid yeah <laughs> I, oh i tell you i tell you Yes, <laughs> he was like. I think we did a couple cha- uh, takes yeah. of me hopping, jumping on his back, and he was like, "All right, that's enough." Uh, <laughs> but he trying to be a sport in oh. the lunacy. All right, so the transition from anonymous you to not anonymous you oh, yeah. that led to the sort of meltdown. No, I think on the way, you know, earlier you oh, got to go early. earlier. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was like, I had always that split, split. Uh, yeah problem of medicating i was a crazy pot smoker and then trying to be good not medicate and then all that um you know uh responsibility because you feel sort of responsible for why you're getting this attention yet i was just turning 21 right and so i remember a switch going off in my mind going fuck it right i'm gonna act like any 21 because everybody kept saying oh you're just 21 you're just 20 because i was Actually, trying to navigate sort of a grown-up, responsible thing, yeah. I just didn't have the the tools for right. it. Right. So I did get into drugs. Yeah. I never. That's not. I don't really specify. Uh huh. Because then people, uh, yeah. they'll hang it on you. Did you yeah. get? Did you go to rehab or you didn't? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did. Well, I didn't technically go to a rehab, yeah. but I had a a sober like a person help me. Oh yeah detox and yeah, stuff at, yeah. tw- at 22 yeah 
Yeah, and that it was, was that. End. It was that type of drug. You know, right, you right, detox. sure. So, and then, okay, I'll just say because I love in drug culture because I was a downer person. Yeah, because in drug it was like what was fucking upper, acid, like, uh, upper, coke, yeah, or yeah, yeah. meth, or yeah. so I was. <laughs> I was a downer. You like to go down. I don't know, or did painkiller? Sure, thing, sure. Whatever. Well, no, I mean, I can tell you're hyper. Why not like level it there out? There you go. <laughs> but for me, <laughs> this is my cold brew, and okay, yeah. whatever. Cold brew, get me Whole, home. Stretch. I think I think cocaine had to. I think it had a riddling effect on mm-hmm. me. Like I like, were you focused? Yeah, right. Yes, froze me up. You know. Yeah, it does that. But so, if you could name then, because like yeah. it's interesting in thinking about the movies, like you know, from. Cape Fear, Natural Born Killers, but then like the you know that even that it wasn't a huge part, but it was a significant part in um, was it uh, husbands and wives? Which was, uh, was it? Oh uh, yeah, that was a big deal. It was a big deal because like you know you played kind of a regular college yeah. student person. <laughs> it's like, it's like look at she's fucking normal. Yeah, she's fucking normal. No, here's what's funny. So I had that this. This thing, and you can't. It's just luck of the draw. And you were like the one young character woman in a movie that he had sexual chemistry with that he didn't fuck. On, yeah, in the, in the relationship on the in, the, in movie. the movie. Yeah. So yeah. So here's the trip. I had this run yeah. in the early '90s where yeah. you're like, "What the fuck? Who who? Gets What's eating this? Gilbert Grape? What's, so that's Lassa Holstrom. Yeah. I'm a normal sort of Zen girl. I'm telling you that the Natural Killers was the cap on it, and that's where everyone was like, "Holy shit, this girl is." Nuts. So it would be, so it would go from <laughs> Cape Fear, Husbands and Wives, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, California, Natural Born Killers. There was other movies. Yeah. But those are the ones. Those are the ones that yeah. hit. Yeah. Like some are cult classics like the California. But where I did that didn't hit was the comedy. I did a comedy with uh, Steve Martin. It was a Nora Ephron comedy called oh, Mixed yeah. Nuts. Yeah. With Sandler, yeah. Um, Rita Wilson. That um, dropped after Natural Born Killers or right That before? was in between. Yeah, uh, I followed Natural Killers. It hadn't come out yet. Yeah. I did a Steve Martin, and little Nora Ephron comedy. Cute. No one saw it. Oh. So ha- had someone saw it, they would have changed <laughs> who I was. But this new, let's, I guess we should talk a little bit. About current <laughs> The Sacred Lies, The Singing Bones. Yeah. It looks pretty intense. It's a good mystery i'm happy to say like it's but it a looks real like... cliffhanger character driven supernatural elements um it feels that way but it's not it's okay more like flashback mm. it's so it's a movie a uh, show not a movie yeah um so this is this new thing facebook watch you yeah. get these offers and you're like what is this yeah. how platform? do you see it yeah oh everyone has that. <laughs> it's so simple you just go online click some buttons yeah, and you're yeah. there <laughs> Everyone who has a Facebook page. Well, and you can download it like you do Hulu, Apple, blah, 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 on okay. your big remote. I don't know how to work those things. Me neither. My boyfriend does that. Good. So the point is, yeah. this was a great team. You have Rael Tucker, who had done True Lies. No, that's not the name. <sighs> True Blood. The True Blood. Thank God. Oh, my God. God. I'm not even it. pitching correctly. You did it. You did it. She was a, found a writer. Okay. She's the show creator. It's yeah. character-driven cliffhanger. Uh, is it procedural? No. No, not at all. What I is play this... What's the pitch? What's the what's oh, the? Oh God, uh... I'm I'm a terrible pitcher. What, but no, but like, what is it about? Oh, so I'm obsessed. I'm sort of this hermit person shut in are you a professional not at all oh you're just a person i'm a person who lost her sister who her sister was murdered okay it is what is my driving obsession is to always 
find and give the identities back to all these cold cases. Oh. And it's loosely based on an amalgamation of cold cases mm. and all the, there's 40,000, I think. Uh, really? Uh, uh, unnamed murdered victims. Is that true? Fuck, I better get my numbers right. A year? No. For just existing today, 40,000. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's something that Rael Tucker, the creator, was really, uh, re- researched uh-huh. it. And so there's this really involved story where I befriend a foster girl because we think she might connect, be connected to this, that, and the other. I, I, but I'm obsessed. I'm one of these uh, people that's obsessed with true crime and cold cases, but it comes from a deep place of yeah. trauma. So it's like this really multi-layered character. I guess. Wow. And she's super, no vanity. It was a fun character to play. She's a gay woman who's very, oh, um, but semi-antisocial, but right. has a huge and heart. She, and she just sort of, so you, you, it can go on forever because there's 40,000 of them. Well, no, we're, it, the Singing Bones is this one case. Oh, okay. It's all related to this one case. And they were, it was a season before, I guess they call it an anthology where it's different people, oh, different okay. case each right. time. It's this whole thing now. People do limited series. No, I know. Series. That's the way it's in, instead of movies. I like it. Limited I mean, I series. miss the movies. Don't get me wrong, but I I do like limited series yeah. as well. Now, were you happy for you? Did, like, I didn't realize you did two movies with Brad Pitt. Both of them kind of menacing. <laughs> you did like a Lifetime movie with him <laughs> back in the day, and you did California. Okay, let me just say something. Yeah. It's not a Lifetime movie. <laughs> this was pre-Lifetime, but you could. Call it an after-school special kind of vibe. Yeah, early on. But it was before you both were. It was before we were just two little young actors. He is a cool. It's a cool piece of history to come up. You know, come up with him. Come up with Leo uh, DiCaprio and Johnny Depp. And yeah, but um, yeah. And then we did California. Yeah. And that was neat. That was a trip. That was a first-time director, Dominic Senna, who went on to do. Big, huge movies like Gone in sixty seconds. Uh-huh. I think. I and do you do you, do you talk to Brad ever? I've run. We've seen each other yeah. places. Yeah. At different times. Like yeah. When he was married uh, yeah. um, to Jennifer earlier, um, said hello to both of them. And um, we happy we're, for him? Oh my gosh! Yes, we're just like it's like people you sort of. So, not school, but you sort of you came up together. So, yeah. and he's a very good person. Yeah. So I always wish him well and 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 so i was very happy for his whole year he had and yeah no that's great because i a lot of times i ask people that and they're like yeah i never talk to them anymore no i don't know what like you know obviously you not everyone keeps in touch with everybody they work with but it sounds like you know you're grateful and happy and it's always good to see oh yeah for sure i mean there's people in your life you do you uh i don't know not family but my ex-husband i mean i was married for a minute we were both <laughs> 26. Yeah. But like, he's like family to me. I don't yeah. talk to him all the time, but I always, sure. you just want health well, and happiness nice. for the you don't have certain any people. Resentment or Not deep. At all. And also, like, I, you know, now I've kind of half been thinking about what you said at the beginning for the entire thing about, like, you know, like that you, you part ways with me on my uh, <laughs> opinion of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I, 
I, but like, I, I do want to be clear that you know I'm not an ageist. That's it, the word I was going to use. Okay, yeah. go on. And you know, it's just you know I love them so much, but I do hold them in a certain place. Yes. And I can appreciate certainly. I mean, the only real negative thing I say is just a little dig at Mick. But like, yeah. look, I'm I, I bought that blues record. You know, Blue and Lonesome. Oh, God and, bless. That's good. And it's <laughs> like one of the best records I've heard in the last decade. So I, wow, I, I do. Wow, that's neat. I well, wanna... it's a blues record. Okay. And, you know, they Are haven't... they covers? The yeah. Blues... Okay. I'm but it's get like it. a straight up blues okay. record. It's like it could have been the Stones' first album right. with the song list they did. I love hearing that. And it's so you, it's so interesting to see a bunch of those those guys who started out in earnest as a blues band yes. now play the blues straight up. That's it. Because it's unique. Uniquely theirs, because any idiot can play that music. Yes. But the Stones own it as these old guys that have had a whole life. Yes. I mean, I'm, but th- I just want you to know that I do I, I do respect the old dudes. That's awesome. Wait, wait, oh, wait before you leave, wait, one, one other thing was, because when I watched that Stones, it did remind me of when Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. uh, uh, reunited. I, yeah. was at, I got to be at that concert. Yeah. Um, was it for Ahmet? It was a um, guy in business. Sorry, I don't know. Ahmet Ertegun? Yes. Yeah. So they came together. It was- Was the drummer's kid? Bonham's son, yeah. uh, Jason. Yeah. Um, and I had a friend who's very, uh no, the Led Zeppelin 94, uh, 74. Yeah, That's right. it. Like, yeah, don't, yeah. don't fuck with me. I don't want to- see. Okay. But yeah. I, I saw it and I was just- I, I I just was like I don't give a shit. This is yeah. Robert Plant singing. He didn't hit the high notes. Yeah, but he hits hit a lower <laughs> note, and it's Robert Plant hitting yeah. the note. Jimmy Page. There was a cohesion, and the uh, Jason. Yeah, it was. You're like okay, touche, because that's those are some tough. It was boots. good. Anyway, I liked it. My friend was not. He was not having it. So I understand. Well, I think but that, I didn't, wasn't a, uh, you know, I wasn't a loyalist at that time. Like, I didn't grow up. I came late. Well, to, I'm, to yeah, I'm Zeppelin. So, I, well, I remember when I was in high school, like, I'm 56, when In Through the Outdoor came out, which was really the last studio record, I think. And that was, you know, I, that was in the late 70s, probably, if not 1980. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was still good. But, but I think my, the thing with me in terms of my brain is not unlike, well, you have these guys, you have whatever their work is that, that meant the most to you. It's yes. So, it, it's sort of mythic, right? Yes, of course it and, is. And like, and it's nice. Well, I went and saw the Stones, like the last tour, not the, not the, yeah, I think a couple tours back when I wrote that bit. And it was great. And I, they were really playing. I was excited. Yeah, you acknowledge all of you that. You know, and, you, you know, and I really, I got, I, and I, and I loved <laughs> it. Uh, but, and also, a lot of times, this, the stuff that we're longing for, what we're nostalgic for, was even it was before our fucking time. Yeah, it wasn't even a real memory. It's not even hundred percent. Well, it reminds me of when Prince was touring and how he wouldn't play. Remember because oh, yeah, of um, yeah, the licensing his thing? religion. No, but he also his religion. It, oh. uh, I forgot what it was. Mm. Jehovah, Jehovah Witness. Witness. Yeah, wouldn't play Little Red Corvette or Darling Nikki. Or he would do these jazzed up yeah, versions right. that fuck with you. Yeah. So they tease you. Yeah. You know, it's a tough thing being an artist because you, at some point, you it's good to have a fuck you in you yeah. all the time. You, you don't want to, what, am I here to please you? Sure, yeah. You know, so, yeah. You, so it's a good spirit to have, but as an audience, a greedy little yeah. thing. Like, I haven't seen Bob Dylan yet. I don't care. Never? It, it, never. Oh. There's certain people I haven't, I got to see Tom Petty's last show. I, me, I saw the second to the last one yeah. at the bowl. 
Was that where it was? At Hollywood Bowl, yeah. I felt those guys fell mm. from the heavens That's and great. it was uh, something next to God. That's like great. there was Loved it. top form. If it yeah, was any great. positive, you yeah, could Dylan's, say they went out in top. People love top. Dylan. They, I know guys see him all the time. They, you know, he's hit or miss. You know, sometimes yeah. he'll hit it. But like also, it's like he's a guy that's not afraid to age. Yeah. So like, you know, he probably is on that's some cool. level, but he's not trying to be anything he, he cool. isn't. I mean, you can hear him. You know, he just seems to want to die at a hotel somewhere, out of, you know, after a state fair show. You know, <laughs> so well, you know, if that's the way he wants to go. Why wouldn't he want to do that? He's giving you what he's what he is. Yeah, he's. I'm. I'm. What, where do you live? I'm on the road, man. You know, that's it, right? Yeah. And I love that. And I, you know, I like I like the old guys. I definitely like the old guys. I just, it's a vulnerability that's tricky. Age forces <laughs> a vulnerability. I can see that. Do you I, know what I mean? Which is not bad necessarily, but like, you know, having interviewed some of them, some of the, like Roger Waters yeah. or Neil Young, you, you know, it's just, it's sort of, it's just sort of interesting, you know, that they're just, they're, they're fragile old dudes, you know? Yes. But they are, you know, they are the geniuses. They are the, they are the gods, but there they are. Just yeah. a little angry old man sitting in front of me. That's it. <laughs> hundred percent. I can't believe you interviewed those two. Those are who I want to see as well. Well, uh, it was yeah, yeah. and then um, Roger Waters. I didn't get to see that the last tour he did. Was it two years ago? Yeah, they're 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 great, and they're, it was great to talk to him. But then there's also a part of me being sort of the end of the boomer spectrum, mm-hmm. where really it's sort of like, when do these guys stop? Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but they're both so vital and that music is timeless. That's the other thing about music is it's magical like nothing else. It's like people want to hear that song. Play that song that we know, you know, for our whole life. Yeah. You know, sing that song for us. Well, and as long as it's vital to people, they don't have to stop. And I think it's important for me. I just and I know you see this. I think that's right. Music is like when my dad he had not to bring it to this yeah. seven, but he had Parkinson's dementia and couldn't mm-hmm. barely was forming sentences and one of our last fun things was listening to Van Halen's uh, Jump oh yeah and and I also took him to a Steely Dan concert he was all Steely Dan when I was growing oh, up right. and he in that time was not sick there was no time at that time. There was no when sickness. There's the no music. time. He, you can you can transcend in yeah. the music, and it's it's just so deep and beautiful, and yeah. it's quick, you know it goes right right in. Right in. All right. Nice. What ending. was this? Nine hours. About about nine. Jesus. But it's great. It was a great nine hours. I feel it. I mean, I have no place to judge. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah. I, well, I did. I did. Okay. I did. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That was Juliette Lewis. I love her. The series, uh, her series, The Sacred Lies, The Singing Bones, season two is now streaming on Facebook Watch. And don't forget to go to podswag.com slash WTF or WTFpod.com and click on the merch link. Get yourself some stuff from our new decade of domination collection, signed posters, glow-in-the-dark shirts, writing sets with designs by artist Johnny Jones. My Netflix special premieres March 10th. I'll talk to you Thursday. Boomer lives!